all new episode this week. I'm Nick. I'm Victor. And it's the podcast where you can get your gay and geek information and news from a black queer perspective. Victor, how you been doing this past week? I have been doing good. Um, just, um, we are enjoying kind of the quiet time at work. And I took a walk today, took a picture of that, put it on the internet. Um, it's just really pretty this past week. So I'm really enjoying that. And I, I saw a show this weekend. I saw School of Rock, um, which is, which was actually really good. It was a really good show. Um, that was the the movie with uh, wasn't Jack Black Jack, Jack Black in it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it was a fun movie. I don't know if any, I don't know. Have you have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, okay, it's cute. It's a cute movie. I don't like Jack Black. So. Uh, nobody does. I think he's fucking annoying. No. Well, I, I, I guess because he was you know he was big at one point. You know he was like really popular. Um, I really I forgot that he was in. I still know what you did last summer. Wait a minute, he was? He was. He was that um, white Jamaican dude. Oh, no wonder I forgot. Who was trying to hit on <laughs> trying to hit on Brandy in the pool. But no, the show was pretty good. Um, I took off this past Friday, so it was a nice three-day weekend. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. Um, but I did have a meeting with my bank. Because you know, every once in a while your bank will say, hey, you want to come and talk about your finances? So I was like, you know, I'm going to take him up on that offer. And I did. And I was depressed (laughs) because you realize um, I live in Los Angeles. Life in Los Angeles is fabulous, but you, you know, you have to make money. And one of the things that I've learned and what I have been learning are a lot of people um, have said this, but there's a lot of people who are leaving California just because it's just too high. A lot of people have left here. Um, and moved on to like Boone, North Carolina or all these other places and they're thriving. So that was kind of an interesting conversation about what I should be making, how much I should be saving. And then, you know, talking about like, you know, what's, she asked, what's coming up this summer for you? And, Girl, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I, I did mention Comic-Con and I told her how much that is. She was like, okay, well, you should start saving now. I said, I am. She said, but in the future. You need to put that as a, a true expense. I was like, oh, because I don't. And I was like, yeah, I should put that as an expense. Anything over $500 is a true expense. Well, you know, everybody ain't able. We can't be just be putting $500 away like that. Not all the we time. We don't like that. That's what, I mean, I was like, I, you know, when income tax time come around, you can do that. But sometimes you get tempted, you know, to spend money, trips, whatever. So... That's true. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, that was kind of a humbling experience. You know, mostly all my friends have left here. <laughs> because, you know, people that I started out with or people that I've always worked with here are, like, mostly gone. There's, like, two who are left or are here. Um, one is because he lived with his grandmother. So, he ain't got no rent. And, you know, some of the others I have are married. So, therefore, that's how they're making it work. So I think I've said it before here. You have to either have a good roommate or be partnered to really live in Los Angeles. You just can't. You can be single, but, you know, you you got to have a good job. So I'm in that right. range. Um, but at the same time, you have to, you know, there's just things I would like to do more. 
Like, I, you know, go travel, see my mom or just travel and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, that's why I have to make some new moves about what I'm doing here. Oh, that's right. But that's me. Spend money don't make money. Yeah, that's true. And that's why, you know, you have to, you know, on a quick note, you know, when you are a creator as well, you have to you have to truly believe in your work to the point that you have to annoy others about your work. So that's something I have to work through, you know, like saying like, you know, I do want to get stuff off the ground and I have to annoy people because, you know, uh -huh. closed mouth don't get fed. Uh, Neither do closed legs, well, but we're not on that right now. We're not on that right now. But anyway, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> uh, let's see. I've started... Uh, the second season, well, second volume of Dear White People. Mm -hmm. Oh, I finished it's, that. It's okay. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm still... Uh, there's something that is itching at me that I don't like about it, and I don't know what it is. Hmm. But other than that, I it's all right. Yeah. Uh, I, recently... I, I mean, I finished it Friday because I was off, so I... Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. There was something a little different about it. I don't know it. what that is about it. And maybe it's how they wrote the gay character. This, I, I don't know. I don't I hate him. He's so timid and whatnot. But see, what's so funny is I knew people like him and Murray. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, you know, because it, it's that whole, it's that weird rebellion that you don't want to be. Because think about it. When he met the other gays, which was interesting because they were kind of like, if you, you can argue, I've seen people argue either stereotypical or real. Um, and I think he wasn't really, you can tell he wasn't like that wasn't really him. But at the same uh -huh. time, you got those who are trying not to fall into like that, the norm of us to where they are a right. little bit different. So, you know, I go back and forth with that character, but I, I can see what you're saying though. Yeah, and I, I saw I saw the episode with Todrick and Kid Furious in there. I was like, oh, that would have been interesting on set. Because we know <laughs> Miss Todrick and her and her uh, great contacts or whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's, I, I went to uh, one of my cousin's uh, college graduations. Mm -hmm. um, so shout out to you, Mr. Vincent West, getting your design degree oh. in architecture. Oh, okay. You're trying to really make some money. Right. I was like, oh, he was like, yeah, I'm going to have to go back to school, get a master's. And I was like, oh, shut, the, shut me the fuck up. <laughs> uh, what else? Really nothing. Nothing else is going on. Oh, I did finish uh, the comic uh, God, God Loves, Man Kills. Oh. And we're going to have to talk about that. We're yes. going to have to get an in-depth discussion on that. Because yes. my God, the right, the first, the first ten pages was hell. Not even the first ten pages. The first, the second page. Yeah, got me. I was like, oof. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was it was so good. Um, yeah. So I'm interested to uh, get some more comic reading under my belt. Mm -hmm. Did you participate in Free Comic Book Day? Did you get anything? Sadly, I did not. I kind of looked at what was out there, and I was like, I kind of passed. I should have went anyway because my one, the one up the street for me, because I go to there's two. There's Golden Apple, that's the LA one, 
um, would have been packed. When I go to that one, you have to fight for parking. The one up the street was pretty good, but I didn't really see anything I wanted. Um, but um, I did talk to some people who found some great comics that day, and they were just really loving it. Um, so, but the neat thing is the one up the street still have them. So if I, when I go tomorrow, I'll pick some up from that day. Yeah, I didn't even participate in it. I, I think I was either hungover or something. <laughs> I just didn't get out the door to bed. But no, in the future, I think I want to do that. But what I do appreciate is some of the creators online were super smart. They was like, Hey, we already free, but they use that hashtag to promote a lot of their work and that was kind of fun i did read a lot of different new stuff that you know is independent and that's online due to that so that was kind of neat to see what other people are doing because you know there's a lot of creative artists out here exactly. who, are, who are not published but they're out there right so yeah that's what i i did <laughs> not much but again it's never not much but anyway <laughs> Let's get into Aunt May's Chiefs because we have a whole lot to talk about this week. Yeah. And we're going to start with some good stuff before we get into the absolute trash. Mm -hmm. uh, so last night was the annual Met Gala. Mm -hmm. And the theme was Heavenly Bodies, Fashion, and the Catholic Imagination. <laughs> so the theme was interesting. I thought. When they announced it last year, I think they yeah they announced it sometime last year. I was like, oh, I wonder what how everybody's going to put their spin on it, yeah. designer wise. And I thought the red carpet overall was okay. They uh, like usual people don't understand a theme either. Like I, I was like, why would you come out if you're not a theme? Yeah. Because I always thought that, you know, I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, well, I really want to wear this. I'm like, well, you can do that at another time. But this is a thing, you know, start. And I wonder how long do they get, they learn about it? Like, how long in advance do they know? Like, Oh, they, they would know, like, right after uh, Vogue announces the thing. Mm -hmm. So they have, like, at least six months to get ready for this thing. It's not something that oh, all of a sudden you just got word that what the theme is and it's the day, the day after tomorrow. Yeah. It's not that type of thing. So to be ill-prepared is not a reason. You yeah. just didn't want to dress up and you still wanted to be seen in your basic-ass tux and your basic-ass <laughs> gown. Wish there was some bait. There was, to me, a little bit too much basic going on at one point. Yes, there was. And I'm looking at the men specifically. And that's what I don't understand. Because I'm sitting here going, you know, if I ever, if I ever, ever got an invite and had some people to be like, okay, we'll help you out. Bitch, I would be sitting there drawing, pulling out comic books, pulling out, like, if they told me the theme is, I don't know, space or something, best to best believe. I would be spending, I will take off a day from work to be like, I, I need this whole day just to research. You know? Listen, it's a whole process. It's basically, to me, the Met Gala is either A, like cosplay for rich people who don't, who have like too much money, or B, <laughs> for majority, majority of straight people who want to dress up like drag queens for a day. Yeah, 
it is kind of drag. It's basically drag, so that's how I look at it. It is. So, I have a few... I have about five best dress okay. on my list. And I'm going to start out with uh, Miss Janelle Monet. She was wearing uh, Marc Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And she reminded me... Um, now, I don't watch the show. I don't watch Game of Thrones. But she reminded me of uh, Homegirl. I think she was ringing the bell and saying shame. Oh, yeah. I know you're talking about, yeah. She reminded me of that. And it looked so good. And with her signature, she had her... Uh, black and white type thing her aesthetic going on and so Janelle uh, going to well never leaving Janelle <laughs> she released Dirty Computer and she talked about her sexuality in an interview mm-hmm. and people were like making a big deal about it and me and my sister had a conversation we were like well if you follow Janelle's career she always referenced her sexuality but it was kind of in a tongue-in-cheek thing and if you were smart about it you picked up picked up on it Mm -hmm. so her she didn't even really need to announce this saying that she is on the spectrum yeah but i'm like if you are a fan then you already know this and you accept that yeah it's like that's I, I felt like when she came when she came up on the scene with a uh, arc android and she had the black and white that was my first clue mm-hmm. that she was queer and then like when she released uh well, when she released pink the vi- music video and that was just like the okay I'm tired of you motherfuckers asking about me this is what i like so stop asking Mm -hmm. so that was my best one of my best dress how about you um i didn't like hers as much but i thought it was cute but i really liked um i'll put her out there and i'm still she wasn't my top but it was it was dramatic enough for me and it was blake lively um because i saw it and i was like okay i see what you're doing you're bringing the drama you're bringing the 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 shapes and the elements and the patterns and what you're wearing um i i can see where you were going i was i was giving her the benefit of that i'll give her jesuit but it's the same one i was like (laughs) but i like the dramatics of it so i don't know who did her gown but i know it was just like okay i see you and i like the way that you waited before everybody else did it so i did appreciate that Uh i appreciated that um, I'll throw. Okay, what? Yeah, what? What? What's your other one? Uh, Chadwick Boseman when he was wearing Versace, he was like one of the only few men that mm-hmm. were in fame. Yes. And somebody, uh, they put him on one of those uh, Mexican candles. Well, I wouldn't they, say Mexican. Those candles that yeah, you light yeah. in the church. Yeah. I was like, y'all. Some some somebody, of y'all's Photoshop skills are like y'all need to be working like a six figure salary. I know. I'm trying to learn this. I'm trying to learn this with my free um, Adobe stuff that we get from work. So I'm trying to learn right. all this. It's a struggle though. You have, have to watch these YouTube videos. You'd spend a weekend to do that best, but for them, they could probably do that within an hour. Uh huh. 
but uh yeah chadwick and all that white and that embellishment mm-hmm. it was very classy it was very royal even in his hair yeah, yeah. i'm like okay so t'challa got the memo he did and right on time to it. I, I feel like the older the older men, most of the older men, knew what to do. The, it's these new ones that be like, well, not really, because there was some folks, some of the guys who like, oh, I don't even know why you came. I give George Clooney the benefit of the doubt because it's George Clooney. But really though, well, I, I, I'll, I'll let him slide, but he need to step it up because he's just, I mean, his wife is just always, you know. Stepping up way before him, but I'm just saying. He, That's true. So you know, I give him a bit of a doubt because of her, because she shows up looking great and fabulous and ready to walk around everywhere, and he's just like, "Girl, I'm just here <laughs> like that." But the men do need to step it up. They do. Very much so. Okay, how about you? Another one. And I'll I'll give Jared Leto. I kind of like that look he had. It was very Jesus. But I like the dramatics of it. You know, it was like, it could have been a little bit more for me, but I appreciated it. So I did like his look. It was very Hollywood Jesus. Yeah, it was. But, you know, he can carry off. And the fact that he's a full-on vampire, because he's my age. And I'm just he like, does look like a vampire. So, you know, I I wouldn't put it past him. That he is. He he can get away with the with his looks. And so... I appreciated that, even though he gave me a little bit of that, that um, Tiger King from that Disney cartoon. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, like the Robin Hood what, with the, the with the fox. Oh, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> it looked like that uh-huh. <laughs> but it was cute. Now, I'm not. I really don't know the designers because I don't. I just look at. I feel like sometimes I found like some of them are designers. Some people they just. It's Charles did this for me or something like that. So I just kind of leave that part out. But I did like his look. I did like his look. Another one that I think that she just killed and she owned. She got the assignment and she knew what was happening mm-hmm. was uh, Pope uh, Rihanna and yes. my song uh, Marquiella by John Galliano. That, that was cute. I mean, that was it. Yeah. Well, she's, she's won the Met Gala what three years running yeah you can't fuck with her and then she's supposed to be coming out with a fenty uh lingerie line i saw that and i saw her some some of the stuff she was wearing looking like vanity and then i also saw um you know she has stuff for the full figure women and i was like okay you making sure my ass and some of these for drag she is making sure that everybody can be sexy and everybody is sexy but she's making sure that you can feel sexy and stuff so i always appreciate the fact that she does reach out for everybody right and i think she's uh she's supposed to be uh doing a an album full of reggae i think that's what i read yes but you know she don't need to be making no more music if she's got these this makeup line this lingerie line i mean they're going the Diana Ross route. Like, I always feel like Nelly's girls are kind of going in the route that Diana Ross laid. Like, she laid the groundwork for a lot of these. Like, you think about it. Uh-huh. She, that's the groundwork Diana has, you know, used to lay way back in the day. And so it's like they're kind of going through that. There's like, I can perform or I can give you a legacy. And so, and that legacy means music, fashion, drama, all that. And that's, that's how you do it. Be a mogul. That's right. That's how you do be it. Be a mogul. 
I'm gonna give Zendaya. Uh, I feel like she gave Rihanna a run for her money because yes, that look was just like you're giving me. And then someone found a, a great picture of Joan of Arc that that looked like that, and I was like, okay, you came in ready to go, Zendaya, and she always does. You know, uh-huh. you look at her looks from she comes in ready, and I feel like. I feel like personally, I feel like she won the night because it was like I saw more pictures of about equal amount of pictures between her and Rihanna. But uh-huh. I just really felt that look and I just felt like, okay, you're giving me that, but you also giving me movies, you're giving me action films, you're giving me Time Traveler, you know, Witch Hunter, you're giving me, you know, so much, you know, Liberator. Yeah. She was giving me so much you can see. So come on with it. I was like, yes. This is how you do it. I wonder if that, because it honestly looked like she was wearing chainmail. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was heavy, or what kind of fabric that they used to make it look like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was awesome. And then my final one, she wasn't in theme. Well, technically she wasn't in theme, but the explanation she gave was a. Uh, it made it. It made sense. Mm-hmm. Was a uh, ways when she she wore uh, Carolina Herrera. She wore a simple black suit, but then she wore the black pride flag. Yeah, and I was like, okay, you did that. Yeah, and I, and I'm glad that you know, and you know, you uh, I saw that you you mentioned it. And I was like, I didn't even know that, and I was like, that's uh-huh. right. I saw the brown at the bottom, and I was like, okay, I see what you're doing, and I appreciate that. I think it was her first one. And she came, I think so, yeah. and I think she came in to represent, and I really like that about her. I like that she gives you all that because to me, yeah, the Met Gala is is drama, and not saying it's we're drama. Well, we are, but it was a nice <laughs> thing to see that. I was like, okay, that's what you're doing, and I love that drama. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. But the person, my person, I would throw out there is um, Lena Del Rey um, because she gave you. That was drama, uh-huh. what she gave, that that bird look that it was just done in a way that gave you kind of that merry, don't you weep look. And she already has that kind of look of sadness, you know. <laughs> and so it was just nice to see that. I was really feeling that look from her. Um, it was something different than the other girls. It just kind of stuck out a little bit more with me. And I like, again, when you go, between her and Sarah Jessica Parker, who always brings it, Cause they bring you, cause she did her big hat type of thing and right. long weave, you know. And Andy, she didn't have to have Andy there, but you know, cause I feel like he just had a nice coat on over his suit, and I was like, you really didn't get into it, Andy. But okay, we'll let you walk through. Right. But oh, uh, did you see um, Priyanka Chopra? I did that. That kind of chain metal. Yeah, it mask looked like she was wearing like a. Um, Merlot gown, yeah, and then this headpiece, mm-hmm. and it was like a oh, it was just over. It was over. I did like that. That was kind of, and I like her the way it, it it looked on her. That dress and her skin tone and the makeup was very. It was it was drama. It was giving you looks. It was giving you power. When I was watching yes, her, she was giving you uh, Queen of the Night. She, come on now. <laughs> that needs to be a theme. That should be a theme. We need to, one day we might sit down and think of the new themes because there's so many themes they can do. They could be Queen of the Night. They can be, hell, 
You can go and use um, glitter and gold jam. That could be. Listen. <laughs> and speaking of that, okay, let's talk about the fact that jam, basically, I mean, people talk about Beyonce set the trend. I'm most up here and say jam and holographs set the trends for this mess because if you think about all the dramatic outfits those outfits was wearing, <laughs> from the New Orleans outfit they were they were they were wearing. Yep. To the Misfits outfits, for God's sake. I mean, I was sitting there thinking, what if the Misfits was real and they were coming? Because, you know, they would, they would have been going to the Matt Gala f- forever. Uh-huh. Would have showed up, his ass coming, looking like who knows what. That could have been episode two, the Matt Gala episode, where it's like, <laughs> they, they, they both going for the first time. The Misfits trying to, you know... Upstage, upstage the them and get them a, kidnapped. <laughs> attempted uh, murder uh, <laughs> charges on them. You know. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Actually, somebody. they already did. That is an episode in Stitches. In Stitches is the Matt Gala episode. Basically, yeah. Because it's all about you well, know. They were, uh, even though they were in a. Uh, Italy. Yeah. But still. That's basically the Matt Gala episode. They all have to wear these outrageous outfits. And show up and all that stuff. You know, Shayna have been working overtime at these outfits together. And then, you know, Misfits and cheated or copied or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, side note. On that episode where they, uh, the Misfits, initially steal the uh, Shayna's designs. Mm-hmm. And Zipper is in the, the gondola. And, it, like, she falls over. And then uh, the Misfits almost kill her. Why is she screaming as loud as she was. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. I howl every time she starts screaming. I'm like, she is screaming like a hurt dog. <laughs> oh my God. It is just too funny. It is. It is. But yeah, you know, I, you know, I always look for, and you know, I, my honorable, my honorable mention would be Solange. I like, uh-huh. I did like that look. Um, it didn't completely win me over, but it was something that stuck out. And it was somebody else that gave me something that I appreciated. Uh, oh, I can't remember right now, but I, I felt like um, I did wish the men would have just stepped it up just a little bit more. Just come on with it. Again, if I ever had the opportunity, that would be my highlight of the year. It's just coming up with something looking ridiculous and villainous, basically. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, I'm coming as a villain. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they're like, who are you? I was like, I am Satan. <laughs> I'm coming in as a Satan because without Satan we would be no religion so I have right. to be here uh, but yeah I mean it was a good show it was fun I would have liked to see Lapita yeah I didn't was she even there I don't think she was there or Deny I would like to sing Lapita or Deny I know that they had like uh, oh my gosh Letitia Wright had this video uh, basically, damn near all the black folks that were there yeah. getting hyped. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Even dressed up, we are still we can still be ratchet as hell. Yeah, and that's cool. And I love it. I I loved every single minute I, of that. I, I did video. too. And I wanted Lapita to be there. I wanted to like Carrie Washington's outfit. I love the hair and I love the makeup and that little gold flower. But I did not like the dress. Somebody said that she looked like uh, she was part of a uh, the choir, Don't which she might have been going for. Maybe so. I just, but I just felt like that was not. Uh, I I needed drama. I didn't. The hair gave me drama. And Tracy Ellis Ross too. I wanted more 
from that too. I think Kerry Washington's that outfit. I didn't. I wanted to like it, and I wanted to get what she was coming from, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Yeah, I wanted to like it too. Like I was like trying, like you know what? And I was like, mm-hmm. like if I was in her troop, I would be like, mm-hmm. let's do something else this time. Right. And 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 Cardi B, I felt like Cardi B was too much like Beyonce, so I really couldn't get into it. I will give Cardi B her props for this is her first yeah. Met Gala and she was having a ball. Yeah. And I, I honestly I liked what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. However, it did look a little bit similar to Beyonce mm-hmm. when she did when she was on um that award show mm-hmm. or whatever. I think it what was it MTV or something? Yeah. You know, I can't don't give me the lying. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that was our little. Uh, the majority of everybody looked okay. Yeah. So moving on, we have a couple of trailers to talk about. Mm-hmm. Which one you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about Luke Cage because that you know that was kind of fresh and um, I was I was into it. I was into it, but I also yeah. but at the same time. I feel like it was giving me the same of what we had last year or the year before. Uh-huh. Now, apparently, one of the main characters is going to be uh, a villain called Bushmaster. Mm-hmm. Insert what? sexual in the window. That name. But uh, he looks... I want to see where that story goes yeah. since he can go toe-to-toe with him. Yeah. And also, I saw Alfred Wooder uh, rocking a a big ass motherfucking machine gun. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm ready for her." Yeah, I'm ready to see what Mariah is gonna bring this year with her sexy ass sidekick. Uh, oh, Theo. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shades. Yeah, I, I I almost forgot. I was like, "Oh, I said, how can I forget about Shades?" Because he was turning me on like though. <laughs> Watching it oh, like meeting him two years ago. Yeah, I'm about to say Ooh. you met him, got to smell him and see him, but and he smelled so good and his hands were so soft. I bet it. Let me stop. <laughs> 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 but I'm looking for. I'm glad Misty. But you know, I I, saw, I was thinking about her arm, and other people have miss have mentioned it too online. It would be nice if that was a Wakandan arm, and maybe it could be in the future. You know, because she's had upgrades. Because uh-huh. um, I saw that it was Danny Rand. Oh, hey. It comes from his company. Uh, so, you know, it's going to have, it have glitches. It's going to. It's going to need an iOS update. Every week. But, um, <laughs> so maybe, she, you know, after she um, meets, you know, some other people from Wakanda, they're like, we'll, we'll help you out. Maybe when she has her, her visit to Wakanda, um, at her introduction visit, she may be able to get a new arm. Uh huh. <laughs> Let's hope so because that stop trying to make that happen. I really don't give a damn about it. That relationship. Nobody does, but you know what? That's we'll see. We'll see. But you I know, don't, I don't want to see Rose Art, Justin Timberlake on my screen, <laughs> and I still refuse to see Iron Fist. I'm just I I don't want to see it. I still haven't finished it. I have two episodes to go. Just, 
And every time I try to go into it, I'm like, you know what? I'll keep saying, you know what? I'm good. Right. You'd rather watch Golden Girls. <laughs> Shit. So. So the. Go ahead. So the other trailer uh, is Pose. Now, Pose is supposed to be uh, premiering on FX mm-hmm. uh, next, the begin- beginning of June. I think it was June 3rd, just yeah. in time for Pride, mm-hmm. Pride Month. Um, and it's created by uh, Ryan Murphy, the same guy from uh, American Horror Story series. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it featured a lot of black folks and brown folks yeah. that I know that are queer and transgender. Mm-hmm. What I don't want, I could do without the white folks in it, to be completely honest. I don't give a damn. Uh, homeboy is in it. Oh, what is his name? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I, and go ahead. Oh, go ahead. His name, no, his name is slipping me as I'm. What is his name? But yeah, I. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. I can do without. Because it doesn't really. It it wasn't really about them at all. Right. You know, I'm like, you, why, what is your purpose here? If you're going to get into, if your outline is based from, you know, Paris is burning, there were no white people involved. Um, they might have been spectators. Very few white people. Yeah. Like, two. <laughs> but I don't need them to have a storyline. I don't need them to be a benefactor. I mean, I get they could be, because, you know, it could be somebody even like, I'm paying for all these things for you and whatever, but... At the same time, I don't really need them in the story. Uh-huh. His name is Evan Peters. Oh, Evan. Well, but I don't Regardless. Want, I know. Okay. He's in everything with Ryan. I don't mind Evan, but I just don't feel like he needs to be in the mix of this. I, I, I There's a part of me that's excited for it. There's a part of me that's like, I don't know. Because this right. is not coming Especially from... Especially coming from a white man. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm like, hmm... Who's on the writing team? Like, I want to see the writing. Because, you know, every once in a while, people will post their writing team. I, I want to see the writing team. Right. Because I don't trust that. Because I know Ryan Murphy, you know, he, he has his talents. But we all know that he can't tell a story to save his life. But like, he can tell a story. But it just gets off the rails before you. Because, like, his um Versace show just got to a point. It was basically just... Uh, it was um, next door. It was almost like a softcore next door. It got to a point it felt like you was watching softcore. Because it was just like, okay, here I am. I'm naked and then I'm killing people. And I'm naked and I'm killing people. I'm like, I thought this was going to be about Versace. I still haven't seen the, even the first episode. <laughs> I watched the whole thing and I was like, okay. So I was like, okay. That's how, that's how I left with the series when it ended. I was like, okay. okay. I know that uh, Janet Mock is on the writing team. Oh, okay. So yeah. at least they will have a trans... At least one. I know they'll have more transgender voices in the writing room. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it to be stereotyped or from the voice of a white man. A cis white gay because... Mm-hmm. I mean, you will never understand mm-hmm. that that world, especially in the eighties. Yeah, because because if you were, for anybody you know, anybody remembers 
if you remember Paris is Burning, they talked about how like it was basically them not only surviving, but it was just that, you know, they were living out their dream of hope, you know, they knew they would never live that life. But that was how they was able to live it was through the mall, through the competitions, through the families, you know, um, through the houses of, you know, that was how they lived those lives. And that was not through a white lens per se. So I feel like, can you really give us a story of someone of that struggle and not give it to us through a white lens? Right. But we'll see. You know, I'm going to watch it. I'm just going in with um, caution tape and, um, you know, hoping for the best. It is funny because I think about when what Ryan Murphy really did well was the first American crime story, the OJ thing. But that's because he didn't he wasn't really that involved. And he really didn't need to write it. Yeah. And so yeah, that's what, and that's why I was winning awards and everything else, and that was like including me. Like I was like, I was like, basically what they telling you, sir, is when you're doing this, when you're involved this way, it's successful. Exactly. So we'll see. I probably might do like a, I don't know, a series review of it mm-hmm. for the site for Megashane site, um, but we'll see. I am like you. I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to crap on it because, you know, people are like, why y'all can't be happy? It's not really that. It's just we want it to be good, but we also know the track record. And we also know this is not coming from completely from us. So that's why we're just like, how do you want to tell this story? Because right now Vice has um, kind of a updated, you, you can call it a Paris is Burning type of series on house and the malls and everything. And I feel like if you can't, if you're not finding it in pose, you can just go watch it on Vice, which is actually a good show. Um, so it's it. I like that you're seeing more of this on television now, but I feel like hopefully Pose will deliver. If not, just go to Vice because <laughs> right. it's it's real life. It's there. It's them who are doing it right now. But we'll see how this goes. We will see. And in some movie news, Avengers has crossed the one billion mark. Which, you know, duh. We knew that, but it is just... We knew it was going to happen, but it happened fast. Like, what, in 11 days or whatever? It, they just continue to kill it, and they're not done. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out, what, next... at the Near the end of the month? Next month? It's just coming out, I think, near the end of the month. But it's coming. And so they're just keeping it rolling in. And um, if you saw the latest trailer, it looks really good. It's going to take place... Of not too far from Infinity War, so it's gonna be kind of rolling in with that. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going back to see what you call it again this weekend, Infinity War. I, I needed time to yeah. step away from it because I was like, it was a lot to take in. Yes. Uh, but I'm going back um, just to look at it again. I'm gonna go back and look at it a different way. And so, um, yeah, you know, Marvel. And we're going to talk more about what Marvel... Yeah, that's... And we're going to talk more about Marvel a little bit later, but it's just... uh, You know, it's just wonderful that they're able to continue this, even after 10 years. Um, So, you know, we'll see how this goes. And... um, Yeah, we'll just see how it goes. In the sense of what more can they do? 
Um, and then what will the second one be? But right now, you know, it's back to hit a, a billion. They got their money back. But they're going to, I've been told there's going to be a lot more. We need to pay more attention to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because they actually are following. There are things in that that is close to Infinity War. So I'm going to start watching that again just to see what they are introducing in their series. Right. I need to start that. I heard the first season was a little wonky. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. the second and subsequent series kind of pick up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little it's a little dry, but it's very character driven. So I think that's what people were like, oh. But as it goes further, you get more into it, and it and it makes sense after looking back in the past what four or five years, you see that it's like okay, it makes sense that you you had to get into the characters, had to get to know them. But the fact that they kind of already touched on the Cree and touched on things that we'll now be seeing with Captain Marvel, is fascinating. So. Uh, I'm going to check out the season, and I, I think y'all should check it out, too, because apparently they are really kind of giving you clues already, so I, I need to get into the season. I do, too. I do. So, do we have anything else to talk about before we get to... Well, did you see Drag Race? Did you see? No, I'm still behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been thinking about Drag Race recently, just because DragCon is this weekend here in Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, just been thinking a lot about how interesting things have been popping up, especially this past week, because apparently, um, one thing I will say about Drag Race is I I need for white gays to keep in mind that your faves are not all of our faves. So your Adriana's and your Carly Rae Jimson and all that is not something that everybody gets into. Hell, some of these folks halfway chart. So, you know, it's that tells you two things. One, that ain't nobody really listening to them. Two, we ain't listening to them. Because when we listen to people and put our full standship and stuff, they chart. Um, so I just want people to right. keep in mind that, you know, there was arguments like... I. You know, somebody didn't know the words to Carly Rae Jimson. I was like, I don't even know two of her songs. So let's not even go there. But it was they said the audacity. I'm like, really? So can you tell me three songs from Kelly Rowland? Can you tell me three songs? Hold on, let's, do you know the whole uh, discography of uh, Carly Rae Jimson? And can you name every song? Mm-hmm. And sing every song? So let's let's not do that, y'all. That, that's right. And it's only, she only got two albums. So let's quit trying to put people up on these pedestals. They, you know, these are not Rihanna's. These are not even Tanache's. So that's not even. That's just not these pedals that they haven't even earned. Come on, and that's what I'm saying. It was interesting to see. I look at. I was looking at the tweets. Like they was really white gays were going in about how somebody didn't know the words to Carly Rae Jimson. I was like, don't do that because could you know the words to Stare It Up from Patti LaBelle? That's a big drag song. That's a huge drag song. Do you know the words to this or that? So don't, you know, it was funny to see that. So I'm just saying, putting it out there. Do you know the words that I feel for you? I mean, we could do this. I don't guarantee (laughs) We could do this all day. So don't sit up there and try to put up these brand new hoes and try to put them up on pedestals where they haven't even earned nothing. And speaking of that, I'm kind of mad. This is a side note. I'm not going to go into it that much. But I'm kind of mad at the fact that Jan Jackson is just now getting an Icon Award from Billboard. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> How dare they? Like, Janet has been doing, serving these hoes since the 80s. Mm. 
And she was on the TV show. Every decade, basically. Every decade. Like, how dare you? And they're like, we're going to give her. I was like, you going to... Didn't they give... I, I don't want to even look it up. Did they give Taylor Swift an icon? They better not have. But I'm just Child, saying... They gave uh, Taylor Swift a uh, a Vanguard Award yeah. over from Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So... So I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that White Walker. <laughs> Granted, yes, she's got an icon from MTV Award. You know, she got that many years ago, and I just watched some old clips of that. But at the same time, I felt like this is way overdue, and um, they better do this right. We will be watching. Yes. This is Janet the Jackson. They better do this right. And speaking of watching, such a shit show of the past few weeks so there was a <laughs> right this we're gonna get through this so there was an article that ran on vulture say yesterday by uh alila shapiro mm. detailing or in her words a deep dive into the story behind the fan con's controversial collapse did you you read this? I did read this, and I was like, first of all, where were y'all? Period. But here you come talking about. This. I was like, when did it become a demo- something that y'all needed to cover at the? End? But I was like, okay, that's a long. Right. Let's talk about that because I've seen a lot of art. I've seen a lot of uh, media outlets like Vulture, Polygon, Medium. Y'all didn't say boo to FanCom when we, it was up and starting up. But now that all this shit has gone down and it's basically nothing, mm-hmm. y'all got something to say. So to each and every uh, one of these media outlets, a uh, uh, hearty fuck y'all. Yeah. Because y'all ain't shit for that. Yeah. Yeah, and I was sitting up for like, okay, so. But then, she really didn't get much right. There was a better article by uh, well, Women in Comics who did a better thorough Thing. They actually went in and investigated and everything. I was like, you just did a half-assed job. You did the first draft. That's Basically, what you did. I felt like the article on Vulture was more subjective in the article in Women's and Comics. Was it? Yeah. That was more objective. Yeah. And- so, <laughs> let's go and get into a little bit of this article because I was at the gym. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I didn't see it until like I came home, like a little bit after seven. Yeah. And so what really got me was the comment. Let me find this because I need to read this word for word. So yeah, yeah please do. Robert, one of the the co-founders. Robert Butler. Uh, Let's make sure. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a Robert Butler on Twitter. Y'all know where he is. He said, and I quote. If more fans had bought the tickets, the whole debacle could have been avoided. Mm. Unfortunately, they just didn't. I should have known better, but I let my belief in this non-existent community blind me. Now, when I read that, I'm not going to lie, I started crying because I was so upset and so hurt Mm -hmm. and so angry about those words. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, you know, I talk about my mental health here and on Twitter, you yeah. know, openly. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have been struggling the past few months with getting into some kind of right state of mind. Mm-hmm. And VanCon was supposed to, you know, at least alleviate that 
stuff that was going on with me. Mm-hmm. And so how it all went down hurt. And after, you know, we went to uh, Baltimore mm-hmm. and got to White Comic Con, that kind of, I kind of just put FanCon and the whole debacle out of my mind. But this, you know, it felt like they were adding salt to the wound. Mm-hmm. And what non-existent community are you talking about? Are you talking about the same non-existent community that helped uh, the black geeks get to where they are? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the same non-existent community that helped raise uh, over $56,000 for the Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the same non-existent community that helped uh, get you to where you are as far as, or was where you are mm-hmm. as far as the presence on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Is that the non-existent community that you're talking about, Robert Butler? Who even give you the opportunity to speak to Vulture? Exactly. Huh. What what were some of your thoughts about this whole article? When I when I saw it, and I saw it, Rebecca posted that part first, and I said, no, I said, you know what? And I remember I was, I was um, leaving a meeting, and I and I looked at my phone, and I rushed into my office. Let me get in here, like I sit right down and read this whole thing. And some of y'all saw my tweets because I just started right there. I was like, the fact that when I saw this, and there's two Robs, so there's Robert Butler and there's Rob Gill, and they both are the ones who are the co-directors of this show. Um, I read that and I was like, okay, so this is what you're going to do. Now, let's look at the fact that you kept your ass, both of y'all kept your ass silent throughout all that fallout. Jamie took a lot of that hit took a lot of that hit on her own but y'all asses was hiding up in the cave somewhere letting all this stuff roll out and couldn't have, you said two things and then you vanished so then when you get an opportunity to speak on a big platform a global one because vulture is not you know some little blog it's it's global it's big it's out there when you get a chance to actually put some type of right to the wrongs you choose to go this route you choose to go the route where you're going to place the blame on somebody else but not yourself. And that right there told me everything I needed to know about who the F you were. And I was highly pissed because I was like, bitch, you sit up here and you effed up. You effed up. You effed up everything with this whole entire situation. Usually you would think that if I had a big, a big platform, you know, if like USA Today or somebody said, hey, can you tell your side of the story? I'm going to use the opportunity to try to right the wrongs or try to, you know, put some proof out there that this is what went wrong, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not going to sit up here and put on a huge platform and do the, the most cowardly way of handling this situation by blaming it on others. You blamed a, our community, but then you call our community a non-existent community. Our community is not non-existent. Our community make or break so many things in this genre. If we ain't into it, it does not work. We have seen that time and time again. We can cancel shows. We can uplift characters. We can bring characters back from the dead. We can make things relevant. Hell, if we did not exist, where do you think Black Panther would be? We are a powerful force, and for you to reduce us to non-existent because your ass could not get it together because your ass couldn't get yourself in a place of good leadership. You are a failed leader, Robert. And the fact that you sit up here and blame us was, excuse my language, was just completely fucked up. It was. For you and to like do that that to whole us. non-existent community put White Comic Con up 
in a week. Yeah. So what are you basing this off of? And yeah. now an article had came out some time ago that uh, Jamie had said that she wasn't a, a co-founder. Mm-hmm. Now, which is it? One minute you're this, one minute you're not. It's either you either all in or all out. As and Big Mama used to say. Yeah, and then you know I've seen and sometimes not knowing complete truth. I and I have been in like I, I've been on a con. I've been on the board of a con where sometimes roles change. Who knows? I will give the slight benefit of the doubt of that. Maybe roles have changed. But what I decided to do was to not focus on her. I was going to focus on those two because I felt like as black men, this is my other problem I had, as black men in charge of something, that is a moment where we can really show that we are being, being inclusive, being aware, being open to making things work and being a challenge. The idea of a leader is for you to understand your faults and your failures, to understand how you, in order to be successful, you have to understand those pieces. Something that <laughs> James, James from Good Times said, how how do I know, oh, I can't remember, but it's basically, how do how how you know how I be if I don't know where I'm at or something like that? And so what I'm saying is, if you don't really know who you are as a leader, how can you lead? And basically what they showed us as black men is they, are, they don't know how to lead. They did everything but lead. They became the stereotype of what people think of black men. You know what I mean? Running and hiding, can't handle situations, blame other people, leave the black woman to carry all the weight. Did that type of stuff. And I was really disappointed. But not only with that, but the fact that they also, he put out the word that being a non-existent community can, that we're not a worthy community to pay attention to. So you think about some of these other, you know, us being a part of the bigger genre. Anybody can say, well, damn, well, do we need to cater to the people of color or the blur community or whatever? Because they're not really out there. They're not existing. You know what I'm saying? For those who don't know us. And so I felt like for him to use that platform to, to do that was spiteful. And I think he did that because we came for his ass. And he's trying to punish us for that. But the reality is we get the receipts will show itself. It came back to him. And, and and to all those who were sitting up there and doing that. Um, and so, yeah, it was very hurtful to see that article. It's still hurtful to see how he trying to make himself look like the king or the one that he he was the one. He was the victim because we didn't show up. And any fool will tell you that it's not really about buying the tickets in advance. You don't get that status until you get up to a Comic-Con status. When when New York Comic-Con started, you could buy tickets up to the damn day. I know because I remember it. The first New York Comic-Con, I went to that. So I remember you can buy tickets almost up to the day. You don't uh-huh. earn that status until you've been out in the, you've been out on the street for a while and everybody's like, "Oh, now I know about you. I do need to get my tickets in advance." Everybody else knows Flamecon can tell you this. They had a day that they had one day to do this and they and to do the conference. It was just one day. And now they have expanded it. When we did BitCon, we had one we had two days, but we had this we grew to where we was able to expand it to three days and move it to a bigger hotel. So it's things you have to earn up to it. And it was ambitious for them to use that convention center and not really that think about that. that yes, it is huge. And so I remember when they said that, I was like, wow, that's big because I've been to that for several things and that is huge. But the fact that y'all underestimated everything, that is your fault. That is not ours. 
if we know that we can buy tickets up to the end, we're going to keep buying to the day. And, you know, and the, 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 the Wicon knew that because look how that turned out. People showed up the day of. And it was a lot of people who showed up at the day of. It would have been the same for Universal FanCon if they would have picked a smaller venue. People would be like, okay, I'm going to go and buy a ticket today. You gave the option for them to do that. There was no cutoff. This is not Comic-Con where you have to do this in three hours or you just don't get to go. But, but uh, I mean, again, I'm getting heated up now, but it, it, it just showed me that he, he showed us who he really was. A hotep. Uh, a nigger, a fool, right. a buffoon, and a I charlatan. Just, <laughs> at this point, I'm already, I've already acknowledged the fact or accepted the fact that I'm not going to get any kind of money back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, just write that off as a bad loss, and I'm not going to put my name or Megan Shane's name on a con unless I do some due diligence of myself, mm-hmm. of the people behind it. Yep. And you're right. And I think, you know, things that have been proven successful, that's something we can we can trust. We know the track record. We can see that. Not saying we will never trust our own. Well, we will always trust our own beforehand. But we will also be working very closely to see what's going on. Because, again, we cannot, no, none of us, none of the groups who were affiliates or anybody involved can afford anything like this again. And the fact that this is the outcome of it all tells us all we need to know, you know. And so it's it's really sad that this is the path he chose to go because he doesn't realize that basically he's ruined himself. We don't need him in our universe. You know what I'm saying? We don't need him. We're not existent. He's not existent to us. And so that is something that we... It's something that we now know, and I hope that he can. I hope he he can't rest at night because of this. I want him to suffer for it because he really misplaced our trust. And real quick before we wrap this up, I had asked a lot of the affiliates were they contacted by any media outlets mm-hmm. to give their side of the story. Only two came back. Mm-hmm. So it lets me know that either a they don't care what we have to say or B, that they're trying to shape this story to make it come back to something that is going to be like a, um, a, what do you call it? A, um, some kind of retribution or they can get back in the good graces of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm like, I don't have anything else to give or say about FanCon. I'm over it. I'm done with it. The only thing that they can say is, Nick, here's your money. <laughs> as far as that concerned, yeah. we don't need to speak. And we also don't need any more articles like this when you're trying to, de- trying to really demolish and destroy our community because you can get your, right, your, your ass together. Don't ever do that to us like that again. And for those of us who know better... Our community is too strong for that. We're too powerful for that. So for him to diminish us like that, F him. F him. Right. Oof. Okay, I felt better getting that out. <laughs> I just need to get right. that out. Because you was holding on to that one. Because I was pissed. Because I, I woke up tweeting about it. <laughs> I was just like, how dare you? And I he was still following me, too, on Twitter. And I was like, well, I hope you're not following me because I'm about to really read you. 
I even tweeted at him. So, uh-huh. okay. Right. It's just sad that this is how he chose to do this. And he's lost the complete trust of our community. And that's the, that's the hill he's going to die on. Well, I hope the flowers are good on, on that grave. Wrote <laughs> me through the rushes <laughs> like Moses. And our uh, unmarked grave on the, you know, the of our of our thing. That's where you at. That's how we feel about you. Right. So <sighs> with that said, let's go ahead and clean up these <laughs> teacups because we spilled it. It was like blood on the dance floor. Let's clean it up and come back with our king size issue okay we are back and we're going to talk about a king size issue today which is talking about um the next phase of marvel but not only just the next phase um we realized after 10 years we still have not seen any queer characters so what we're going to do in this segment is talk about some of the queer characters that could make an appearance in the next phase of the Marvel films. Now, as we have mentioned, we know that X-Men are coming into this phase as well as Fantastic Four. I'm going to take a risk and not try to use the mutants <laughs> as much. Now, why I'm doing it is because a lot of the queer characters are from the X-Men universe. But the neat thing is, I just thought about this, the X-Men don't have to be a group yet. They can all pop up in separate ways. The same way as how everybody in the in the Marvel Universe popped up. They were all separate and then all of a sudden got into a group. Maybe some of them can pop up and then they get into a group and they can maybe pop up in so many stories. So we, we're going to mention some queer characters uh, from Marvel and how they can actually show up in the next phase. So, Nick, I'm yes. going to let you start with some people you, or a person or what have you. You think who can make an appearance in the next phase well hopefully um uh, the valkyrie comes back and her mm-hmm. sexuality is actually on the big screen instead of on the cutting floor mm-hmm. um because i think tessa thompson is such a great pick for the valkyrie mm-hmm. um i would like to see because in the comics valkyrie is bisexual mm-hmm so it would be nice to finally see bisexuality explored, not only on the big screen, but in a superhero's context, because we we never see that. And bisexuality is, people put it in this stigma that, oh, you like girls and guys, what you can't just choose. Mm-hmm. That type of backwater-ass thinking. And I want to see it explore. And I don't want to see it as a trope. And I don't want to see it disrespected. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can actually do that. Because you know they're going to make the money anyway. Yeah. Now, I don't know the reason why a lot of these scenes were cut. Maybe it was because of the... Uh, the audience response from overseas, especially in, you know, more uh, conservative countries. I don't know. But, hell, you're making your money. Yeah. 
and it, it would be nice even if they do like a quick nod too if she comes in if any war or something and she makes some eyes at you know koi or makes some eyes at you know black widow or something just something to do that but i do think that this is an opportunity for her to kind of show us a little bit of that and if marvel decides to do uh you know all you know her like heroin movie that would be great too so i that's a good choice of like really bringing because valkyrie is bisexual in the comics why not go ahead and just do that um and play on that and you know make it fun you know it doesn't have to be serious it can be like you know she can make some eyes or you know flirt or what have you because she was kind of a moxie person in thor so you know kind of play with that I, um, there was, who did I talk about it? I talked to, uh, talked about it with my aunt. We were talking about some of the things that we couldn't stand as far as these superhero movies. And you notice that in the movies, Valkyrie had a, some kind of a relationship with the Hulk, but Bruce Banner had a relationship. No, I have this backwards to, uh. God, how did we put it? But Bruce Banner had a relationship with the widow. Mm-hmm. Do I have that backwards? Oh my God, I feel like I do. No, no, no. So Bruce Banner had a relationship with um, Black Widow. And we saw a little bit of that in, just a little bit of that in Infinity War. But it seemed that there was some type of chummy relationship between Hulk and um, Valkyrie because he was more of a Hulk why he was there in um in that battle world or whatever that place was so it, i that's what we were seeing but i don't i'm not really but maybe that was more of a chum type of relationship uh-huh. more than anything and it could be it could be kind of a you know like the word chummy chummy type versus more of really or the romantic one that he has with um black widow yeah that that's going to be a interesting concept hopefully they can expand on and in detail because that whatever that is is messy because how can you love one person but those same two people are inside one another and then you have this woman over here it's just messy <laughs> it's almost like a uh loving hip-hop or jam and jericho <laughs> right i mean another gym reference for yeah. you yeah. But what about you? Who's who's another care, queer character that you want to see represented in the upcoming phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, the interesting thing is, is if they decide to go a younger route, you know, bring in kind of the, the younger Avengers, um, they can bring in Stryker. Now, Stryker is a character that was kind of introduced, um, I think, in Avengers Academy. Um, he's a young guy who grew up with a... He has an interesting, weird background, but he grew up with a mother who was all about, you know, kind of making money off of him being, you know, super powered. And there's uh, a make a manager, what have you, who was a pedophile who was trying to go after him. Um, but he's also kind of arrogant. So he's like, he craves the spotlight and everything else. So he could be like a little mini Tony. <laughs> um, but he is a queer character. Um, he was in young avengers for a little bit um so he can be brought in uh, which would be kind of fun in the storyline too um with him and i want to say he might be a mutant um 
But um, I think it would be neat if he is brought in because he was originally brought in with the Avengers. So therefore, it might be neat to have that kind of like, you know, arrogant queer boy, you know, in this group. But kind of fun to watch. I think if they wanted to bring in a younger element to it, that would be fun to have him as like, who is this? But he's not like just the arrogant boy. He's the arrogant queer boy um, in it. So something like a little queer Tony, but he actually has real good powers. Um, so at this point, he was enrolled in the Academy, I mean, Avengers Academy. So this could have been, you know, Tony's other end game where he's like, I already have like a young group and he's a part of that young group. So if you don't know about him, um, again, check out Avengers Academy. He was in there. He's also been in some other comics as well, but mostly with the Avengers. So if you want to check him out, he's, he's an interesting character to read. Right. <laughs> so, Valkyrie's um like the only one I know that it's queer in the comics that mm -hmm. they have already alluded to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I know Ao is. Mm -hmm. Uh, but she doesn't have a prominent role. Not not yet, but you know she could be. Yeah, for they, sure. They can make her stronger. And they can also, you know, play on that too. Maybe she can have love for Koei. Um, or it could be her and another one of the, the Doras who are already in a relationship. Uh-huh. Because, um, you know, we've already seen a little... We've seen her already in action. So why not go ahead and bring her more into action um, to where she's, you know, something where we see, like, something with her being with someone. So, yeah, we can bring her in. Um, and, you know, see where that goes with that. It'd be nice to have, you know, I feel like uh, Black Lightning have already broke that mold by having a, a, a black woman who is a, who is queer and a superhero. Why not break it here? Uh-huh. Why not break it here? Now, are there any trans characters that they could bring in if there is any? In the I, Marvel. I don't think there's any that I can and if and y'all, if y'all know any, please add us. There are some in DC. Um, but not I have not seen anybody prominent within the Marvel universe who are, who hasn't played a big role per se. Uh -huh. Um, but I haven't really seen trans. But there's a lot of the neat thing with Marvel is they do have um the characters, queer characters who are of color. So we have America, Miss America, um, who could be, who could be coming from the Avengers too, because she's also kind of, especially you think about, as we mentioned before, the Ultimates, she's a part of the Ultimates. And so she could also be somebody who pops in uh, with this whole affinity war and, and the space type of world, because again, she is a queer woman of color. So it might be interesting to bring her in too. She was also part of the Young Avengers. So it'd be nice to see her in there if they want to add a Latino character and a queer character. There they go with that one. Uh-huh. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. And I have a few more. Because <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this. Because I think that, you know, 10 years, y'all, it's, it's time. It's time to do this. Um, and they kind of already do this in um, Runaways. Um, we already got queer characters in Runaways already. So um, I can't remember the witch's name. She's Asian. 
Um, but we already have some characters mentioned. We already have those two, and they already kind of, I think they're kind of together in that series. Um, so we already have, um, I think her name was Carolina. Um, Carolina Dean, and she's in the Runaways. Runaways, she's blonde. And the other character, I forgot her name, um, but she is uh, Asian, so they kind of play on that already. Um, also, as we think about the Avengers, we can uh, we have, you know, we can bring in Wiccan. And Wiccan and Hulking, those two are queer characters. The Hulking is from outer space. Um, but Wiccan is technically Scarlet Witch's son. And Wiccan is kind of a warlock, uh, but he's gay. And he and Hulking are a couple. So they could introduce Wiccan in this um, as well. I feel like if they ever introduce the younger Avengers, that's where they can really start playing around with queer characters because that's, you think about the youth, you think about, you know, it's a lot more youth are coming out. They're, those two characters will be neat to see because they have a very strong following. So they could go ahead and bring in Wiccan and Hulking um, to into the into the series. Um, and again, I'm trying to stay out of mutants, but again, there's a lot more mutants we can as we look into it, we can bring in Wolverine's son, Dekan. He has a son who's bisexual. Um, uh -huh. and he's also very hot. That could be fun to see. Um, Karma, my favorite character. Now, we talk about the New Mutants. In the New Mutants, it's funny that this New Mutants is coming out. Um, well, if it comes out. <laughs> right, let's uh, preface that. <laughs> they don't have Karma, and Karma is one of the original members of there um magic is not one of the original but she came in a little bit later um but she's not an original member but karma is so karma is um shan her name is shan and she is um vietnamese and she came out as bisexual um but she's been she has amazing powers um i think i've mentioned to y'all before if you get a chance to look at marvel team up 100 she was introduced there her, her brother tran um but um She's a character who can pop up in these movies. Um, again, they don't, these X-Men don't have to come up as a group. They can be separate people that shows up, and that can be where we start seeing them, you know, work together. But Karma could be another character that I think would be very neat to, to bring into, especially if they are looking into... For example, as a Daredevil does a lot with the underground and uh, different types of... Um, groups that involve with the underground, you know, crime circuit. Now, a lot of that same underground group that he's been dealing with are also the same that Wolverine has dealt with, like in Matterport um, and other places too. Karma has an uncle who is very powerful in the crime syndicate, and he's worked with some of the folks that we've seen in Daredevil. So that could be a way we introduce Karma. Um, is bringing like maybe you know her uncle is involved with some of that underground stuff that Daredevil's trying to get into, and then we meet her. So that's the way you can introduce her into this thing, too. Um, and again, with some of these young Avengers I mentioned, that would be neat. We have Shatterstar. And if you didn't know about Shatterstar, Shatterstar is... He's pansexual. He's, he's, he goes with the flow. So I don't know how they will introduce him in Daredevil. But he is a he is a pan character. A pansexual and character. Daredevil Huh? You say Daredevil or Deadpool? Deadpool. I meant Deadpool. I'm just, I'm just uh. moving to Shatterstar at this point. But um, he, yes, Daredevil. Uh, I'm about to do it again. Deadpool. 
So he's about to be introducing to that. So hopefully they may mention it, may not, but he is a pansexual character. And girl, he's played by Lewis. And so I just... (sighs) (laughs) Yes. Like, anything you want. Just just say the word. And I'm there. I'm in there like someone with Lewis. I, I, I see. Uh, which which is totally fine. But I think if they were be, I I feel like Daredevil, oh, Deadpool will take the risk and actually say, yeah, he is, he is, he likes men, women, what have you, because he's an alien. Um, it's been defined that he's an alien. So um, this will be kind of neat to see how they take this character. Did you see how people were pissed off that they uh changed his ethnicity? I did, and I was like, I said again, people wrestle remember he is made up from Mojo World. <laughs> that is a whole Mojo World situation. It, it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter. We still don't know what, because again, he's not human. He could be anything. Right. So it that negates ethnicities right there. True. He can be anything. But, you know, people gonna be mad. People gonna be upset. So, I'm like, whatever. Y'all can can stay mad if all I care. Y'all can choke on that. (laughs) And one more more character I want to throw out there uh, is Cullen Bloodstone. Now, I think if you watch the cartoons, I think you you saw his father, Ulysses, Ulysses Bloodstone, who was kind of a weird bounty hunter you know person who you know fought kind of supernatural things and all that stuff but he has a son and his son could be brought in you know too he dealt with he also worked with the avengers at one point but it'll be neat to see him in there too and he's not really like overly powerful but he's kind of an interesting character that um could be brought in um, he has like a he's he's possessed, <laughs> actually. Um, so that's oh, his powers kind of. But it would be neat to kind of see, um, Cullen in there too. Cullen is white, but doesn't have to be. Um, but those are some of the, those are some of the characters that they do have that I'm trying to use again. Not trying to use mutants because there's so many of them. But, you know, there are ways that Marvel can really just take risk or, you know, brand new characters that they, you know, and play around with that. Now, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they do have some queer characters there already who are new. Um, But I'm just saying when it comes to the movies, this is where they can introduce a lot of these characters. And they can be the younger ones because it can be where it can be fun to have some of these. You can reintroduce um, Iceman before you do some of these mutants. And he he's already gay. But play on that. So I'm just saying, Marvel, you know, just you have plenty of characters. Uh-huh. And don't have Jean Grey be out him out, though. <laughs> oh, bitch, JS. That's young Jean Grey. Cause we have two Jean Greys now in the, in the Marvel Universe, so. They just won't let that woman die. They they won't. But but it's such a beautiful story. I, I have to tell everybody, read um, the Rebirth, the Phoenix Rebirth story, because the last four pages of that of that of that series took me out 
I'm just saying. Read it. Everybody read it. You can actually get the, the graphic novel. They have it already graphic novel, so just get it. It's, it's a great story. I need to read more comics. Yeah, I will say take some time. I'll give you a list. Like just, or you can start with the graphic novels where it's easier for you to kind of get. Buy a graphic novel, one graphic novel a month. Right, yeah. And it's affordable. Yeah. So I do believe that brings it into the show. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonderman5. You can also follow the podcast at Megashine Pod. Follow us on Facebook at Megashine Pod. Uh, Instagram at The Megashine. Go to our website at megashinepod.com. There will be a few more uh, new articles up there very soon. Yes. And uh, like, subscribe, comment on the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, let's see. Anything else before we get up out of here? No, that is it. Um, you know, y'all stay strong, stay true, keep your dreams alive. Um, and that's it for me. What you said, now I'm going to go ahead um, and finish this Golden Girls episode because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next week.